Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the wind-up. It's also the day after I beat Returnal. That's one of the things that I'm really going to write down as a life milestone. I um, should also point out that this is the wind-up. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Good morning, man. You look um, absolutely glorious. The people at home can't appreciate this, but you look more HD than you ever have. And I'm putting oh. that down to you beating Returnal last night. And undoubtedly... I- in the early hours of the morning, was it? Yes. No, so, so it I, I, I told you on Friday that um, I was going to play a lot more Returnal. And I said, I think I said the exact words. I look forward to it ruining my weekend. And I did <laughs> play it most of the weekend. It was balanced against Call of Duty and uh, a few other things like Guardians of the Galaxy. And we're going to get to other stuff as well. This is the wind up. This is the big energy field podcast for the start of the week where we tackle the latest games, the latest stories, the latest bits and bobs worth talking about. But we're also going to have a bit of a back and forth on Returnal because looking at the trophy data, there's only like 20% of people that are in the rarefied air that is the current space that me and you are in, i.e. they've beaten Act 2, which is uh, where you get the first credit sequence as a whole secret thing, but um, it's what you could class as the end of the game, technically, because there are credits and stuff like that. Um, but then there is another whole thing, which I'm now in the middle of because this hell just doesn't end, but I need to hit <laughs> the secret ending. Um, but point being, I thought we'd have a back and forth on Returnal, because I feel like not that many people have been able to have a conversation about it holistically because that completion data is so small. And so when I did a tweet uh, over the last couple of days just saying that I was going through it and stuff and I asked people in a poll you know has anyone actually finished this game and again it supported the trophy data and it seems that the people who have finished it absolutely ruddy love it and think that it's their game of the year like you and then there are other people who are just like no it's not for me it takes too long and the runs are too long and it's it doesn't pay off and so I'm in the middle right now but what are your what are your thoughts on Returnal this far in because you did do the initial review as well yeah, 100%. I just want to say that I find it quite funny that we have talked about Returnal a lot over the years since we've done that review. We've talked about it in videos, we've talked about years. it in podcasts. <laughs> no, That's how long years, it's sorry. been. Just a single year. It's felt like years. Well, I want years. to say, I want to reiterate what you mentioned there yes. in that we haven't actually been able to talk about it holistically or as a kind of end game and no. experience because, you know, I've been waiting on you and Ben Roy to finally um, to pull uh, our socks up as it were to pull your socks up to stay up till 3am and finally beat (laughs) this game so I'm so excited to be able to talk about it properly because Mm yes Returnal is still my game of the year I thought it might have been beaten by now but it's Mm -hmm. one of those titles that just lingers even long after you've completed it or at least got to the end of act two long after you've got the secret ending and in my opinion long after I I got to the platinum to the point where you're going through it and you're kind of having this cruel time as you just as you described it you know getting whipped by some of the fellas in the (laughs) final area and I'm just sat there thinking I wish I could play this fresh I wish I could play this having (sighs) not 
platinumed it, had it, had everything not put 50 hours into it because I love it that much and I'm mm-hmm. such a glutton for punishment. <laughs> the thing for me is that I think it, like, I can see the argument for it being Game of the Year. I do prefer it, I think, overall to Resident Evil 8. That was my other one that was sort of in the top five sort of thing. Um, I haven't really started having the actual conversation for me personally what my actual Game of the Year would be, but this is going to be in the top 10. It's almost by default it's in the top 10. But I think that it is such an intricate clockwork mechanism of a game, or it wants to be. It wants to be a Hades like a Dead Cells, a Rogue Legacy. It wants to be a really cool roguelike. And I feel like my, like I said, when I messaged you, the one word that comes to mind for me when I finally hit credits is cruel. I think that it's a cruel game. I don't think it rewards you as anywhere near as much as the amount of time it asks you to, to put in. And I feel like because they, it's, it's obviously it's Housemark's first 3D game at all, and it's their first attempt at a roguelike in this way. And for me, one of the, the crucial things that a roguelike needs to have is an overarching progression. You need to have something where if you're banking half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, most roguelikes, you don't even have a run that's that long, really. It tends to be a bit shorter, but you do, you know, contribute to something over time. Maybe a, uh, maybe you start differently. Maybe you're increasing your health pool. Maybe you're building something over time, whatever it is. And Returnal doesn't have that. Returnal has, in a way it does. Returnal has, you know, you can bank an item called Ether to change an item drop pool over time. And every weapon that you use has proficiency that goes up over time. So that's the thing that changes over time. But it doesn't, for me, it doesn't feel anywhere near as worthwhile as starting with more health, starting with more defense, starting with anything other than the pistol. It just feels like you've, and then because the runs are so long, um, it feels more like it would be better served as just a third person shooter with standard checkpoints. I don't necessarily see what the roguelike structure brings to it because it feels cruel losing a two hour run to yeah. one thing that killed you in one hit and having to just go do it again. The PS5 loaded instantly, just go do it again. That was soul crushing it's such a fascinating game and a fascinating experience to talk about because i can agree with almost everything you just said <clears throat> but come out the other end of it going that was amazing <laughs> i did not feel crushed i wanted to um do another run like, you were know, the agent I smith died, meme just give me more <laughs> yeah every time i died you know i was i never came away thinking god that sucked god that really? was um unfair god i want to delete this game every time i died I've I deleted it four myself. times, by the way. I've, uh, <laughs> I because I can't. If it was a person, I would push them out the door, or if it was, <laughs> I would do something to. I'd have to hit them or something. I don't know because, but you can't. Yeah. You can't do anything to a game, can you? So I just sort of, I do, well, delete you. I'll delete you again. Oh, I'll, I'll get off my console, and then I sort of look at my phone and I go, well, I'm, I'm going to play it in another few hours. So I'll re- reinstall it again, get it back on the app, right? Put it back on, and then delete it again because oh god, oh, just hate it. You have to meekishly go back, hit the download button again, wait Crawl for back in again. to come back again. But yeah, it. man, like um, I, I agree with you that the progression you know it's not like a Hades where you are literally you know persisting um upgrading your persistent stats sorry and between mm-hmm. different runs so you're getting stronger you're getting more energy health or whatever but for me I'm kind of coming at this from a bit of a disadvantage because I've played a lot of roguelikes you know I've played the Binding of Isaac I've played mm. Dead Cells I've played Hades I've played this I've played a bit Spelunky I've dabbled in a lot but never been hooked by one in the same way that I did Returnal and mm-hmm. so the progression wasn't something that I was comparing to other games per se. So I wasn't kind of playing it, you know, hoping that I was going to increase my health or get a different starting pistol. And I felt that the stuff that did persist between runs, you know, certain abilities and mm. unlocking certain guns so you can get them in like different areas and stuff. And the knowledge of how the world is procedurally generated and the knowledge of how the enemies function, like that was enough for me. I didn't mm. feel like a run was wasted because yes, while I wouldn't come back with more xp or a bigger health bar i did understand how the world worked more and i could use that knowledge in the next run to defend
defeat those enemies or avoid those enemies uh -huh. or go down this room because I knew for certain there would be a certain power up there or avoid this room because I knew I couldn't hack one of the golden door challenge rooms, you know, for instance, like that. That, so. that thing, that, that I think that they needed way more biomes, they needed way more tile sets, they needed way more things to throw at you in a randomized sense because the amount of time they're asking you to put in where, like, because I said, the overarching thing that's changing is weapon proficiency, i.e. different weapon abilities and the ether things. So like, obviously if you're good enough, you can get through this in a, in a lesser amount of time. But I think you said you finished in about 20 hours. My completion yeah. time is about 27, 28. So like, that's, that's a lot of time to go through those same areas over and over again and there are people now who have put that amount of time in and they're still in the first act because they haven't been able to beat Frike the first boss so i think that over time like for me i kept dying in the uh the, the second last enemy it's not even a boss it's just a big creature thing that guards a certain key that you need to one of the final doors and um, but then you can you can eventually like avoid that too but my point is that when you rerun those areas over and over again you see the same tiles the same layouts the same enemies over and over and over again and the pickups are in the same place and it's nigh on the same pickup as well. And it's just like, there are a bunch of turrets, there are a bunch of flying enemies, but it's the same type of stuff. And I'm running through those areas in the same way over and over again to get back to the one thing that was the challenge. And they put some shortcuts in there, but like I said, it comes back to that feeling of cruel because they want you to redo all that stuff again. And it's like, I am just running through this in the exact same way, corpse running it style, um, with no real overarching progression other than just hoping that I find something that helps me next time um and just hoping for the best and that feeling was it contributed to the soul crushing well i hope i do it this time style feeling to it yeah i mean again it's 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 interesting because i could just say i disagree because for <laughs> me the the tile variation was um i never became a point where i was annoyed that i was seeing the same thing over and over again i think mm. what helps it is that kind of three biome split you know and um, you do the first three biomes you bank those and then you kind of like checkpoint yourself and you can't mm. go back until you finish the game and you do the other three and i always thought there was enough variation in there maybe it was because i think i finished the full um two act thing with um 18 rooms so okay. i didn't have like hundreds going through the same area over and over again and that meant that when i got into the end game was doing the secret ending was doing the platinum i was still seeing new rooms that i'd never seen before uh. or i was kind of you know just like i said dodging the ones that i knew were optional to kind of get back to where i was a little bit faster when i was looking for those collectibles and that mm. helped a lot you know knowing which rooms were optional knowing which ones were going to be too much of a risk being able to just fly through that stuff meant that I was never kind of like languishing around thinking I'm sick of this tile I'm sick of these enemies <laughs> you know it's got rote it's got boring for me I was kind of blasting through them feeling a bit more, bit more powerful feeling like I had a bit more mastery but I can kind of understand that um they're not as visually varied as mm. you know even like Hades which kind of has more personality to the levels mm -hmm. um, and I can certainly see someone getting a little bit bored or a little bit lost in the weeds with some of the biomes if you had to repeat them over and over and over and over again I think it's just, <clears throat> it puts you in a weird space because for me, it's like, well, I know that like these, the second last enemy, for example, or the enemies that are in the very last by on the underwater place, they're going to take you out very quickly. There's a lot of screen filling stuff going on. Like you're going to be able to, you, you almost need to take a few hits, but obviously you can get better at the evasion and stuff. But it, it, it puts that mentality in you of, I need to scan every single room. I need to get all the health upgrades. I need to make sure I'm at max health so that when I pick up a health upgrade, it doesn't just refill my health, but it adds to the max integrity. It adds to my max health and stuff. So I think it instills that mentality in you of go comb everything in let's say the fourth biome overall which is the first of the second set of three because of the way the game splits itself there's six in total two lots of three so when you're in the first set of the second three 
for me, it was always like, well, I know I need to comb this environment because, I mean, I guess you could argue that I could then spend more time in the snow area before I go to the underwater place, but they give you a shortcut to go to the final boss area. So it's like, in my head, I'm like, well, I want it, that's where the challenge is, that's what I want to do, but I also need to take the time to prepare. So you can argue that yeah. I spent too much time in the fourth biome, but um, for me, that's also where, you know, they're offering you, like, here's a second life uh, figure that you can pick up, here's some health pickups, and here's all these obelites that you need, all this currency that you need. So I was like, scanning that area over and over and over and over again same tiles same placement same everything for hours and hours like 10 hours across the weekend just that one biome over and over again <laughs> dying in the underwater bit go back to the swampland bit again do all that again and uh, and that was the thing where i was like well this is what the game is telling me to do i know i need more health i know i need more protection i can get yeah. it from a snow area but i'm just swapping a visual it's just for me those things don't line up in a pleasurable way i know they worked for you but for me i was yeah. like, i was just trapped there I would, I would argue that it's more than just swapping a visual. You know, you mm. talked about there about getting bored of the same tiles, getting bored of the same area. I think you can, you know, again, it's, you, it's a risk and reward, right? Because you can skip to the snow area, which has harder enemies and mm. a variation in the tiles. But at the same time, like you said, you know, you're kind of encouraged to comb all of the areas to get as powerful as you can be before moving on. It does have some um, shortcuts and some quick fixes for that, I think, in, in the fact that every time you get to a new biome, apart from the final one, your weapon prof proficiency automatically mm. hits a new kind of like limit. So you're it's not I wish like they you're gave you a health thing there. Level one guns. They do give you a health pack, but yeah, they don't give you like the health upgrade. Not the max one. Um, no, no. But it does give you like some tools so you can certainly farm different areas if you get completely sick of one and i definitely made use of that in the end game but yeah totally you know when you're making your way through it for the first time you kind of feel like you have to comb everything to be as mm. strong as possible for me i enjoyed that because it meant i got a mastery of the levels like i said so i was going through that fourth biome absolutely wrecking everything feeling incredibly <laughs> strong going into the snowy area with you know a huge amount of integrity and um, a lot of um upgrades to my guns and a mm. lot of different guns to have chosen from at that point so for me it wasn't an issue but yeah like i said um i can see how you might think that is very cruel especially if you're spending 10 hours over a weekend in the same biome just knocking your head off the wall it was literally just that yeah that feeling and like i said it, it's just i think the returnal overall has a communication problem like i don't because i i like a good rogue like i love rogue legacy i love dead cells i love hades and it's just like it has for me it has a, a communication problem in regards to what specifically what the resources do over time i hate that the ether and the resin the malignant resin are the same color i think that's just stupid like this is like you have to get up close to it. it's purple you have to get up close to it and if it shimmers a bit it's an ether and if it's another one you can grab it for something else but i just like that's like a, a microcosm of the things that i i don't think they get across that well um integrity protection um repair integrity all these different terms for what would just be health de uh, de defense like there's a way there should be a way to interpret that game that keeps up with as fast as you can play it because it wants to be this beautiful liquid game third person shooting and loot grinds and unlocking stuff over time and for me one of those components it just doesn't mesh and i think that that comes through in the trophy statistics obviously there's the just the base difficulty to it but yeah people are bouncing the hell off this game and i think it's i can entirely see why i mean i i with the integrity stuff and with the um you know legibility of the upgrades and that mm. i'd never had a problem with that mm. you know i thought that was displayed quite well and it encourages you to experiment with the different upgrades that you can buy using your ether on different things in my opinion anyway you know some people might get stuck in a mentality of they're doing the same thing over and over again hoping that it would bear different results but i feel like it does um, encourage you to experiment with different things just because it often gives you different upgrades 
solid um, things to buy or different mm. items to buy when you get to the little store and what have you. Um, the thing about the trophy data, I do agree that there's definitely going to be so many people who just you know bounce off this game, which the data shows. However, I don't think this is unique to this game specifically, <laughs> just because if you see completion data for even like single player um, blockbuster linear games, like yeah. there's so much drop off and yeah, there's definitely going to be more to this. But I don't but think how many people are dying necessarily... to the first boss though. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. true, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I mean, oh god. No, I was going to say I was playing Sable the other day. I was finishing mm. Sable, and I couldn't believe the small percentage of people who had gotten through that game or even gotten past the first area. So I ah. feel like, in a lot of ways, well, I agree with your point, but also I, I just have an inherent distrust of trophy data because it just shows that <laughs> so many people bounce off so many different games for so many different Honestly, reasons. Honestly, there are people who <clears throat> don't even, you know, it'll be like, oh, here's the trophy for putting your name in on the save select screen. And not it's not 100%. So who the hell are those people? So yeah, it's true. And, I, and I, I'm obviously going, I was looking at that day across the last week or so when I went back to yeah. Returnal and I was starting to uh, just get killed again, just going like, oh my God, I can't make a dent in this thing. Um, but also like, and, 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 and then looking for that sort of almost confirmation bias type stuff looking at that data i do think it's like it is valid to a point like i think that the fact yeah. that a lot of people are even the, a lot of the fans point out that frike the first boss is one of the hardest in the whole game and i will say that the final boss ophion is possibly the easiest boss in the whole game like that's it's by the time you get there even if you're not uh max health i mean you know like quadruple amounts of um damage and stuff it's a very easy amount of patterns to dodge i i did it first time but uh, i died <laughs> more to the creature that came before that one yeah. thing that's interesting though uh, and is a, a talking point that goes across roguelikes and um, which is something that broke Hades for you, and I wonder if it, it's it, what had an effect on me for Eternal, is, and this is a, it'd be a weird phrasing, but if you're good at games, and I know you're really, really good at games, like you flew through Hades to the point where it almost broke the story for you, because then you missed mm. out on loads of character dialogue, you got so far through that it meant that you then had to replay that whole game to get back to that final challenge again, To then you just want to do that, because that's the main challenge. That's what I had with Returnal. I feel like I flew through those first few arcs. I did that Frike boss, I think second time, and then managed to get through through it and it's not some uh horn tooting things you're like oh my god i flew through it but there is sometimes an inherent problem with the genre where they want to pace you in a certain way um so that yeah. you know you're you're not stuck in one biome leveling up to get back to the boss that you got stuck on um because i think if you went from the very beginning of returnal and did all those biomes in a row which is what you do at the very end if you want to do the secret ending stuff um you're then stood in better stead to get right back up to that final boss again as opposed to starting at the half mark and going from there on again like yeah there is something about roguelikes and if you're good at something flying through it missing a certain level of upgrades and then having to kind of try and cram them at the last minute and then dying and getting annoyed and breaking the pacing of where they want you to be yeah it's it's, it's a it's an intriguing thing and i think it's why i bounced off roguelikes and you know what have you in the past especially mm. with hades that game i kind of felt like i blitzed through the opening got so far through to the very end just just beating him to be honest he's just yeah <laughs> who's that not even heard of him <laughs> It was something daft to the point where, you know, you were talking about all these characters and the story and all this different dialogue you're getting. And I was like, I don't know. I did it in like five goes. And I was now I need to 30 do it 10 hours times. in before I got to Hades. I think I was, maybe it was 20, but it was a lot. 
and um, yeah. and I was loving that game. The characters. I remember you just being like, "Well, I didn't get any of that because I'd be him." <laughs> just walked up to him. To be honest, it's brilliant. It's true. I remember someone um, commented on the Returnal thing because obviously, you know, when I was playing Returnal, didn't have anyone to talk to about it because mm. it was obviously embargoed. You didn't have it. No one that would have killed me. To be honest, yeah, yeah. None of the uh, rev- none of the reviews are out. So in my review as a criticism, I kind of put that thing that you just mentioned there mm-hmm. that it didn't kind of um, react to you if you were blitzing through it the story didn't kind of match up with the actual experience mm. and then i had some people in the comments being like oh that's a bit of a humble brag isn't it and i was like oh no it's, <laughs> it, it, it is obviously the way, but valid. also it is kind of a, a valid criticism because if you do blitz it it's a very different experience like you said to mm-hmm. someone who is you know spending 10 15 hours in bio one one and then you know just feeling done by the time they get to the second biome and especially the third biome where mm-hmm. they're like oh my god there are three more to go <laughs> my thing with um yeah with the pacing is that because they checkpoint you two sets of three levels and um, because you're then starting from what is the fourth biome overall and you need to get back to the final boss of the final area and um, like i mentioned before you feel like this impetus to crawl every tile set to crawl every every corner of everything to make sure you have enough health because you know that those enemies are going to swipe you in one or two hits which is what happened to me and you know that that's gonna you know they're gonna be there but then the sheer time invested to comb those tile sets is half an hour 45 minutes one hour it's a massive amount of time to invest in a run-based game only for it to go sideways when you get caught by what we haven't even talked about the projectiles the lasers the amount of stuff that comes at you especially in that final area and things that can go through walls you can unlock some abilities that also let you shoot through walls but obviously you can't see what you're shooting at but um there's that stuff and it's that whole feeling of like like i said it's a sort of a fundamental unbalance of um challenge and expectation and pacing and where they want you to be and like it was that thing where i was the challenge for me was just sheer in how much will i put up with it's not like if you just checkpoint me back in that fight for me the challenge should be can i avoid all these projectiles can i shoot this thing can i beat this boss and obviously it is inherent to the game genre overall have i prepared properly but there was also that feeling of a base run takes forever to even get back to that point um, and that's, again, why I reinforce the word cruel just is everywhere for me with this. I think it's something that is largely intentional based on the subject matter of the story um, and what Selena is overcoming and what you find out at the end and everything. Um, but also in terms of how much it doesn't respect your time as a gamer uh, or as a player, as a, as a consumer. Um, for me, it's it's one of the most fundamentally insulting games in that regard that I've ever played. Like just full, <laughs> just a full on, we don't care, do it again. Like that, that was the feeling I got. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. It is, it is, and I definitely feel sympathy for anyone who just doesn't have the time to, you know, dedicate <coughs> to those long runs. I know there is a suspend feature now, which hopefully alleviates mm. it. But yeah, I mean, I can, I can see that perspective, but all I know is that those two-hour runs, two to three-hour runs that I was doing, you know, towards the end were some of the most fun I've ever had. And <laughs> I don't think I will, I, I got into other roguelikes because of the bite-sized nature of the mm. runs and because of the piecemeal nature of upgrades and stuff. Um, and for me, the extended runs and the immersion that I got from that is what allowed it to stand apart. So I kind of, I'm on the other end of the fence, knowing that's not for everyone, but it no, absolutely but like, was for me. To be honest, <clears throat> that's one of the most worthwhile qualities of it overall. And that's one of the most fascinating parts of it because I love bite-sized roguelikes. Let me dive in. Let me do a run on my lunch break. Let me do a run, a few runs. Like, you know, Rogue Legacy is a very bite-sized game. Obviously, as you get more powerful, you do spend longer, but it comes over time. Whereas in Returnal, they're sort of saying, like, one of the fundamental values of Returnal is knowing that your run has lasted an hour or two hours. And that yeah. only reinforces the power fantasy or only reinforces the stakes of what's going on, the horror of what's going on, and the visuals and everything else. It is, that is the pocket of Returnal that works perfectly. It's just that, for me, it can all be taken away from you so fast if a laser comes through the wall next to you and you couldn't even <laughs> see where it was coming from you just get blindsided some homing missile shoots you from behind um, and you didn't happen upon the protection upgrade that would have given you 10 percent defense boost from two biomes ago or we didn't tell you that the resurrect thing doesn't carry across different biomes so actually you spent your ether in the wrong biome and so stuff like that um i see the massive positives but i think they're they're almost balanced against negatives like that even though all said it is one of the games of the year like it just it is. is 
It's it certainly is. And, you know, up for it. I think, I, I, I mean, you know, we, we play a lot of games, Scott Self, but we review a lot of games. <laughs> and I was kind of worried that Returnal might just be a kind of flash in the pan. This is great for the moment game. But I feel like even if you even if you don't like it, even if you've got criticisms for it, it's one worthy of game of the year discussion and one mm-hmm. worthy to be talked about when we look back on the PlayStation 5's, you know, opening launch and stuff. That, well, that's the thing I was thinking as I was getting my ass handed to me on a platter was how much I love the fact that it exists. Like as a Sony mm-hmm. first party release, um, the the first major PlayStation 5 exclusive of the year. Um, like obviously it's only up against Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart and uh, Destruction All-Stars. And I just, I love that they led with something as challenging and brutal as this. Reminds me of Bloodborne um sort of yeah. was like 2015 was when the ps4 really kicked in um and i do obviously there was demon slayer uh, demon slayer good anime <laughs> demon uh, souls as well demon souls even but um you know still they're leading with these sort of gamer focused games these ones that aren't just roller coaster rides and stuff like that and um i was gonna make a nice little pivot to call of duty speaking of roller coaster rides but what are your closing <laughs> thoughts on returnal mine are i'm gonna finish act three i think anyway um, which is where it asks you to do all six biomes in a row, but you do have all your late game upgrades um, yeah. for the proper secret ending. But I'm actually up for that. I'm game for that. I want to do that. I, I think anyway. I don't. I don't know. Do the platinum, mate. I want to do the platinum. The thing is, because of the amount of time that I've spent in it, I've almost got all the collectible trophies because I've just mm-hmm. oh, sheer time invested in those biomes. Like I said, combing every part of the tiles, I've got all those little glyphs. So um, I, I'm, they're all on ninety percent. So there's only one or two that I need for each one of those places. Um, so yeah, my final returnal thoughts. I think that it requires a holistic view overall. I think that it is a very cruel game, but I think it's intentional, and there is a there is a Sekiro like feeling to overcoming its dickishness let's say there is i mean for me it's just that it's my game of the year at the moment i mm. don't think anything will beat it It'll coming out over you the next you, on so. you just you yeah just it's true i mean we got the gta <laughs> trilogy which definitely doesn't count but may count coming out this week yeah it's my game of the year i feel like there's little else like it when you get in one of those good runs and you're just in the flow of it and you're just in the headspace of it and mm. i just think it's so responsive so cool such a great showcase for the playstation 5 that um it's an essential purchase i think if, as long mm. as you know as long as you have the time and as long as you kind of know what you're getting in for i think it is an essential purchase for a playstation 5 owner mm-hmm. no I, I would say that it's an essential purchase but not for everyone just for someone who yes. if you've got a soulsian bone in your body if you don't yeah. run a mile from a game saying screw you do it again because it's it's that feeling crystallized like there's a bit of that in souls but at least you're banking xp over time at least you're banking different stats over time in returnal it is literally you are changing the item pool and you are changing the efficiency of weapons um, and giving them new abilities but that that is it like that is the holistic view for me that looks back on it you are restarting with a pistol but maybe that pistol has gained homing bullets or something like that um so it's a it's a fascinating thing there'll be more game of the year conversations going forward i think it was already crowned some outlets game of the year and um, who got in there very early um but uh, we'll see what happens across the next two months and there's also the game awards to come as well um but to pivot across into something else that came out on friday a game that i wasn't looking forward to at all i wasn't even going to get it um, and then we managed to get a review code through so josh has been playing that and then i was looking at all the uh, the release footage i was looking at some uh, multiplayer reviews um, and call of duty vanguard for as much as i just did not care um it's almost tradition now to get for call of duty weekend you've got to get the donuts in you've got to get the crisps in you've got to get the all the different things that make for a call of duty weekend and i just sort of sat there i think i messaged you just saying like what am i not going to do this like i mean it's it's, <laughs> it's a toxic poison um but then i then i then i dropped 70 pounds on it and i bought it immediately and it's brilliant the multiplayer is brilliant pretty good, isn't it? it's pretty good 
It's really good. It's uh, really surprising to be honest, Scott. Yes. I remember before this game was announced, like you, like you mentioned, you know, <clears throat> I, I was more excited for it in the proper run-up after it was announced, but mm. kind of when it was just rumours that it's going to be a new World War II game, Sledgehammer Games is doing it, I kind of thought, this is not going to be good, is it? This is going to be <laughs> kind of like something that they just rushed out, something that they've just done to tick a box because they need a Call of Duty. But actually looking at it, the multiplayer especially, I've not touched zombies, and um, your friend of mine, <laughs> Rich Hudson seems to, seems to say that's one of the worst ever, but uh, I wouldn't know myself. Um, the multiplayer is unbelievably solid, yes. and the kind of um, step up from 2019's Modern Warfare that I think everyone hoped Black Ops Cold War could be, like this is definitely kind of you know, a next-gen card in a way. Like I enjoyed Black Ops to an extent, mm. but this feels like just head over heels better in all aspects the beta that they put out that champions hill thing they put out is not remotely reflective of what the final game is like the Mm -hmm. the amount they've changed the pace like the the, how fast everything how snappy everything is the fact that if you just play like a free fall a team deathmatch any sort of pvp thing and not and champions hill was pvp but it was like small teams if you're playing something that's more frantic where engagement is higher um the fact that you can just punch away at some of the uh, parts of the levels and create your own sight lines as like destructible parts of the environment um it's just so snappy and like you said in terms of the game engine it is modern warfare 2019's engine and that made me just completely forget that black ops cold war even existed like i remember getting that last year and just feeling like it just doesn't it, it feels like a back step like it's not that you it doesn't boil down to something uh, as simple as just like mounting a weapon on a corner or something which is what modern warfare brought in but that is part of it it's sort of like the new engine is so much snappier and faster and responsive and just once you apply that we need to talk about the tone how much they do not care about historical accuracy whatsoever um, yeah. which works entirely in its favor for me um but the fact that it's so snappy and fast it feels like an evolution of modern warfare even though it is set in like the past yeah, totally. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, the the fact that it's on this Infinity Ward engine mm. makes just the gameplay itself feel so incredibly tight, so incredibly snappy, and so incredibly impactful. Like the weapons have a big kick to them; mm-hmm. they feel punchy. The uh, you know shooting someone feels impactful. Like you said, the added destruction to the levels makes um, combat a bit more tactile, a bit more frantic, and a bit more intimidating. I guess you know when you're mm-hmm. getting shot at, it feels like you're under pressure if you're playing it with headphones and stuff it sounds far and away from the pea shooter weapons that you had (laughs) in um black ops cold war which was kind of like you were playing with toy guns or something this really puts you in the moment and i just feel like uh you know in terms of content that's in there it's the kind of same old game modes that you would expect mm. from a classic call of duty suite by the exception of a new game mode called patrol which which i really like mm-hmm. um but it's the fact that you've got these 20 maps yeah four of them are for champions hill only but you've got 16 really impressive surprisingly super impressive tight, yeah super super tight um multiplayer maps that i was just knocked away by you know mm-hmm. when it comes to sledgehammer's previous games you know called world war ii called advanced warfare I always thought the map design in particular was kind of lacking. You know, I can't mm. pick out a memorable map from either of those games off the top of my head. No. But I already know from 10 hours in the multiplayer now, there are going to be maps from this that I'm going to be thinking about and kind of sizing up next year's Call of Duty 2 in comparison because they just kind of nailed it. And immediately, you know, you get the feel for them. They don't feel too repetitive in their three-lane structure. You feel like there's a lot of verticality to some of them that you might not yes. even expect the first time around, which again, add throwing the 
destruction, throw in the um, new combat pacing, which I want to touch upon, that mm-hmm. can differentiate how many people are actually in those maps. And they've just nailed it. And it also helps that there are two World at War remastered maps in there, which are like <laughs> fan favorites and just have my nostalgia receptors going off. But yeah, it's a, like map-wise, man, it's a great, great selection. That's that's the thing that absolutely elevates it for me because I've not touched the campaign yet and zombies can absolutely, it's, it is dead to me. I don't care about <laughs> zombies at all. But um, the multiplayer, um, it's the, it is, it's the maps, it's the sight lines, it's the tactical feel of it. It's funny because with Call of Duty every year, like my wife is always just like, are you buying this again? And it's like, it was like this <laughs> in Assassin's Creed every single time. I just, I just need to know. It's like the new bullet from my Valentine album. I need, I just need to know. I I just need to know what they've done. I need to see what they've done. And I feel like in Call of Duty, it's almost like a, like a, a sort of really well-paid chef making you the same cake every year. And it's like they're gonna, it's the exact same recipe every single year. And uh, or it's very, very similar. Maybe they tweak a little bit, maybe the frosting's a little bit different, maybe they change it. One of the little ingredients, but it looks largely the same. And you're having a nice slice of that cake every year, and you're glad to have it because you can't have that at any other part of the year. <laughs> and so maybe there's leftovers that you can carry over, but it's largely the same cake every year. And so that's how I started to think about it, where I'm just kind of like, okay. It's this time of the year. It's a new Call of Duty. It's Call of Duty weekend. I love all the stupid tie-in XP sponsored bullcrap because I got the blooming Papa John's XP booster because I'm just that ill. And um, I also needed it after Eternal. But um, I love that whole period. And I feel like because they're serving you the same thing every year, we start getting really granular on what makes a good Call of Duty. And I feel like last year... Um, it wasn't a good Call of Duty. It felt like a backward step. It didn't feel like a continuation in 2019. It just felt like more COD. It felt like that chef needing to make the cake. Just here you go. I need to get it out of the way. Just here you go. I've, I've ticked the box. Whereas this year, it feels like a passionate bunch of developers have made a good Call of Duty and they cared about the maps and they cared about the weapon feel and they were able to carry on that energy from 2019 that felt so rejuvenating in the first place. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, it's strange considering this isn't a Treyarch game. Mm. It kind of feels like one. And I was joking with you before we started recording that I almost feel like I'm in a time loop, which is quite, <laughs> you know, apt coming off of Returnal because my favorite Call of Duty games are Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. And then the one I've loved the most since then was 2019's Modern Same. Warfare. So it's yeah. like just a remake of it. And this very much feels not just because there are a few remastered maps in there, but this does feel like a almost a reboot of World at War, you know, right down mm. to the tone, right down to the um, gore effects. You know, if you get shot by the a gore's gun... gore's insane! Yeah, you get shot by a gun in this game, man. Like, you could be dismembered, your intestines <laughs> are flying all over the place, which was the same tone... <laughs> which is the same tone that World of War had, you know? It kind of feels like it's going all in, for better or worse, in that really dark kind of warfare thing where everything <laughs> is heavy, everything is bloody, everything is, you know, gun metal and steel and fire and brimstone mm. and all that. But it works, again, because of that engine. And it's just funny that, you know, now in 2021, I'm going through the exact same ups and downs that I had in 2007 going from Modern Warfare to World of War. You know, it feels like the mm. almost the exact same tra- trajectory um, and the exact same experience, obviously, you know, tightened up to a T. They're not just remasters. They are, you know, bringing new things to the table. But it's mm. kind of like I'm living the same life or I'm living what I imagined it was <laughs> Um, what, what, what I was living back then, should I say? It's weird. Yeah, man, well, it, it is like a, that's the thing. They know how they know how to play to their strengths. Like the thing, like you said, 2019's one was the most I'd played a COD in years. Like in terms of just, I've, I had, I think you've left it installed for most of the year anyway. And I've like, yeah. I've reinstalled. I just, I just love having a Call of Duty installed. It's a good casual game to drop into. Um, but it is one of those things where, like I said, they know how to play to their strengths. 
And um, that's kind of, I mean, like, that's the thing with the tone, though. I wanted to, like, focus on that is that they almost don't care anymore. And I, I don't care either. Like, if you want a super serious military shooter, go play Hell Let Loose. Like, it's, they've done that. We've, we've done that before. Um, maybe not necessarily. Call of Duty's never done something like an Operation Flashpoint or something. But mm-hmm. for me, the way that they approach it, where they just sort of go, okay, in the campaign, rather, it's like, you know, these are real soldiers, these are real stories, but we're going to amp them up. We're going to have you doing this really overblown train heist in the multiplayer. We're going to give you a whole bunch of weapon mods that didn't exist at the time. And we're just going to have this big overblown, uh, almost A-team-like approach to World War settings. Um, yeah. That works for me. You can you can give me a really stupid, atonal, gamey version of World War Two uh, or World War One, whatever it is. I don't care. And I'll play it. I think I, I like that stuff. Um, in regards to just how stupid and over the top it is, but that's also my comment on Call of Duty itself. It's it's a big yeah, dumb totally. cake that I eat every year. And I think it I think it nails it because it's it, you know it's it picks a tone and it sticks to it. It's not mm. like this is World War Two with a bunch of wacky disparate things. You know, you've got some <laughs> horrific violence over here, and you've got some you know fluorescent say, like, weapon over here. Pink bullets. Um, yeah, yeah, pink bullets or whatever. You know, it's it it does amp up the stuff. Obviously, you know, it goes really wild on exaggerating certain aspects. But I feel like it manages to keep everything under a consistent tone, or at least a consistent-ish tone that doesn't make it fall apart. It doesn't make it feel like incredibly artificial. Mm. This is like a Call of Duty World War Two game. Which, if you've played any of them in the past, whether it's Call of Duty Two, whether it's Call of Duty World War Two, whether it's World at War, you know, <laughs> they've tackled more or less the exact same battles in many mm. cases the exact same content in many cases and then amplified it to each developer's strengths and like i said this is very much a world at war one where it's like we're going to exaggerate everything we're going to go over the top but we're going to do it with this particularly almost nasty streak where it's like this is incredibly violent this is incredibly um you know apocalyptic in many oh, ways see- Oh, sorry, no. Just that with no. the violence, I, I view it almost Tarantino-esque. Like, I mean, I'm only in the multiplayer, yes. so I, I don't have the yes. campaign framing, but it's just sort of, like you said, a stray bullet catches you and your entire leg comes off. Or like, you know, you get caught with a good grenade and you're just left left as a set of legs. Like, I'm just sort yeah. of like, yeah, okay. No. It's almost Unreal Tournament style. Totally. I want to I want to clarify that I don't mean, you know, nasty in a way that it's, you know, trying to be some kind of like super serious mm. commentary on violence. <laughs> I do mean like nasty in the sort of callousness of a Tarantino violent scene where it is just like, boom, your legs yeah. off, like you can blood everywhere. You know, it's this kind of like really mad spaghetti Western sort of style, mm-hmm. um, you know, thing, uh, which, which I do think works. And I feel like it's, I've only touched the campaign a little bit, but that translates over there. And I was even, imp- man, like, I can't believe how impressed I am with this. <laughs> like I really thought maybe the multiplayer will be good, but I won't like the campaign because I've not really enjoyed a Sledgehammer Games campaign yet. And again, very early days, only an hour or so in. Um, but I think this is a huge step up compared to World War II, which I thought was very disappointing in its mm-hmm. story mode. I thought its characters were quite nice, but in terms of the actual set pieces and the levels and the way you ushered through them, I just thought it was naff and kind of forgettable. Here, though, yeah. like you said, that opening train heist is really good. The second mission, which is you um, parachuting in, you know, like the night of D-Day, also off to a great start and i mm-hmm. think again the tone kind of comes through in those areas and kind of makes it way more memorable than world war ii ever was i think there's a way for them to um you know take sort of known battles and just go we're going to do like i said the almost a team big dumb approach to it um and it is an interesting line to walk it's that whole thing of like how much inherent respect should there be for that time period and what people went through um and if that's the angle that you want to take that that's completely fine i think that that's the likes of hell let loose does that perfectly um but also just for me completely subjectively personally i will take a big dumb action game that plays this well 
well um, and is trading on that sort of iconography. And here's the M1 Garand and here's the these different World War bombs and stuff. Like I, I, I care about it on that level too, like or I can care about it that little as well to just have fun with that uh, setting and everything. Um, but yeah, I think because our expectations were absolutely rock bottom, it's managed to nail that stuff. Um, we'll shout out Advanced Warfare's campaign. Speaking of Sledgehammer campaigns, I love that game. It's so good. <laughs> and no one else does. Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, love those games. Um, what are your closing thoughts on Vanny G? Um, surprisingly good, surprisingly solid. <laughs> I will say it's not without its faults. Um, you know, as all Call of Duty games have, mm. there are like some issues with balance at launch. Some of the spawns are atrocious. If you try to play Dome on the Blitz pacing, yeah. which is like the kind of a ground war-esque mode where you have so many different people in it. Like there's a there's a good um video doing the rounds that I encountered myself while I was playing where you uh-huh. literally spawn facing the edge of the map. So you run and you fall straight off and it's like <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah, there are issues with it, but mm-hmm. it's it's um, very promising, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And like I said, pleasantly surprised at this moment in time. Excited, and I won't get into this because there's not too much to get into, but excited to see what the Warzone integration is like because that's coming <laughs> December 3rd or 5th. And I think the bones here, the weapons here, it's it's promising, my friend. It should be, yeah, promising. it should be solid. They've got, yeah, like you said, the Warzone stuff isn't coming for the next few weeks, but um, yeah, it's it's very promising. I love also to very quickly touch on the file size isn't ridiculous. The file size isn't two hundred gig. I think it's actually uh, fifty seven. I think is what it was down to four. I want to yeah. say it's fifty seven on last gen, sixty four on ah, new cool. gen. Yeah. yeah, so so that's way. I mean, it's not brilliant, but it's way more manageable than multiple hundreds of gigs that you need to have set aside, uh, and also a segmented install. So I think you can delete the campaign after you're done and just keep the multiplayer, which is the one thing I wish they did for Modern Warfare. I just want Modern Warfare multiplayer and nothing else. <laughs> just let me delete the rest of it. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been games are coming back. Games continue to come back. We've got Call of Duty, got GTA on Friday, and then a bit of a wait, I guess, until Halo and stuff. Battlefield's in there as well. So we'll uh, we'll keep tackling different things we'll keep coming at it from different multiple points of view and i might think game returnals game of the year we'll just have to <laughs> see how it goes i've got one act left but for now this has been the wind-up i've been scott tailford joined by josh brown get the platinum mate get the platinum i almost definitely won't but i will catch you next week Bye-bye. bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.